Due to illness, the event for Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz has been postponed. The event was scheduled to be uh, tomorrow, February 7th at 7.30 p.m., but unfortunately, due to illness, the event has been postponed. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Jennifer Stone and Stone's Throw. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule learned in school get your money every friday happy endings are the rule so divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light picture drop the shadows out of sight this is jennifer stone with stone's throw today is february the 6th 2018 valentine's day looms the 14th, I think, next week. I've been thinking, I'm thinking that this is a good time to review notes on love. L-O-V-E, just a four-letter word. Define your terms, boys and girls. The English language is so stingy with words about love. So many other languages, you know, have uh, 50 words, I think, in Eskimo. Anyway, relationships, right. Love makes me think of relatives, you know, uh, the ones who claim kinship. Today's efforts to describe love are dreadful, meager, awful. We say we can make up our own family. It's very popular. Uh, create relationships with like-minded people. Uh, blood relatives don't usually make good friends. Sometimes, yes. And romantic Love is just something else entirely. 84 years and I still haven't figured it out. Romance is risky, to say the least. We used to say romanticism kills. (laughs) Words. Words are so, so lonely. I think it must be my age, but I miss words like liaison or even affair. All gone out of style. Today it is a partner. Uh, I always think a business partner, you know, the new love laws are a help sometimes. Uh, The words husband and wife are in limbo at the moment. As I understand it, they are gender specific, that's all. A lesbian, uh, well, her lover is her wife. A gay man, his lover is his husband, okay? I guess that means we have two husbands and two wives. Fine, that's taken care of. I wish, I wish we could use... Comrade. 
But no, no, that's still old hat. Tovarich, Tovarich, a Russian comrade, I used to call my friends a comrade. It was fun once. But I don't know. I had to look it up and see if Tovarich has a gender. Uh, the only usage that makes me wince is the one where people say, Oh, oh, I want you to meet my friend. It's a euphemism for people who uh, just can't say lover without embarrassment. Uh, too often English speakers are confused about language because our society is so damned uptight. You know, uh, uh, prudery. It's all about that relationship of love and sex and lust and love and where one ends and the other begins. I remember writing a paper for an English class. 1950s, I insisted that the Victorian writer Charlotte Bronte thought that lust was love. Thackeray was appalled. Anyway, my professor said that that's a mistake so many women make. Women, he said, cannot separate lust from love. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a skill. Yes, he talked about agape and eros. Eros was the erotic passion. Yes, agape was or is compassion for all, love for humanity. Christ wept, he told me. Anyway, at that point in my life, I decided to become pagan. I insisted that women and men could and do love spiritually and physically. It happens. Anyway, my professor explained that men have to separate lust from love because, ah, here's, here is the fly. He said to me that women, women... Uh, are just too much like mothers, that is, the mother aspect. And men uh, mostly had loved their mothers. It's so complicated. D.H. Lawrence loved his mother. Henry Miller hated his mother. You figure it out. Uh, anyway, I'm afraid... Uh, I'm afraid Freud just made matters worse. He tried to, he tried to straighten things out, but, you know... Uh, he he got it wrong, but he did get it. Uh, anyway, today I want to talk a little bit about the uh, ongoing war of the sexes. I want to examine all this buzz going on about sexual harassment. Why now? So many men losing their jobs, having to quit. Uh, a few women, too. It seems we need to... Examine context. Everything is about context. Uh, you know, Woody Allen is... <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't think he's... I think he's just a Hebrew uh, 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 traditionalist. Anyway, I'm not quite sure where the laws should draw the line. I, I can't help feeling sorry for Al Franklin, you know. is uh, a jerk, but... Uh, I don't think he's malevolent for myself. Uh, I keep thinking of that judge who said, uh, 
He knew it when he saw it. He was talking about obscenity or pornography, right? Uh, do we know the difference between sexual harassment, harassment, or uh, do we know the difference? Not so much the difference, but the tone, the quality. Uh, I don't mind body, body talk from men, uh, but this is so difficult to pin down. Uh, I think, I think what is meant is that when it is intended to hurt or to harm. Uh, then I think it has to be, what is that, not evil, but that, that, that's the bad stuff. It is hard to define love, of course, but it's absolutely not so hard to define hate. It absolutely is, what do you call it, it, it screams. It doesn't just talk, it screams. Most of the very young girls that I know... Uh, well, they know all about hateful touch. I think uh, it's all about the way affection can turn mm, cruel, malevolent. Uh, but we all know kindness when we hear it, when we feel it. Uh, I don't know. There's something in the schools these days called bad touch. I'm not sure that it helps the very young. Uh, adult women can always recognize selfish motives when they're targets of abuse, but children are so much more vulnerable. In my youth, it was quite acceptable. Uh -huh. Yes, the 1950s. It was quite all right to go ahead and slap a man if he insulted you. That was the word we used back in the day. We didn't call it abuse until the threat the threat of violence arose. Assault by a stranger, well, that is not really, well, it's not as likely to humiliate a woman. Might scare her. Uh, continual verbal abuse practiced by those jerks, you know, the guys who think that they have the right to demean another human being, that, uh, you know, that's just natural, of course. Hmm. Uh, a hell of a lot of places in the world where women are simply not human beings, not your fellow men, anyway. Uh, whispered obscenities and crude remarks and unfunny jokes, especially about women's bodies, that stuff can be devastating. Back in the day, some of us were told to just man up, give as good as you get. In my experience... There were always crude types whose lethal capacity to say devastating things was greater than my own. If I knew that, I, I didn't even try. Laughter was my best shot. Yes, Irish women. <laughs> you can usually, you can usually deflate, uh, uh, what is it, a Lothario with laughter. I, I can't be sure. I was trying to think back. I think maybe it it only provoked certain type of men, you know, and then it could turn ugly. Back in the day, uh, the first line of attack was to accuse women of prudery. As long as women continue to depend on male approval, they are vulnerable. 
The worst of it is that too many sensitive people of both genders barricade themselves inside. They go down to that place where their emotions live. They just, what is that? They just pull down a veil or a mask. We've all uh, been talking about this now for years, the so-called recovery movement, the whole notion that, you know, people who have been hurt find it very difficult to love. One of my favorite Beckett poems, yes. What is it he says? He says, if you do not love me, I will not love. If I do not love you, I shall not be loved. That's his argument with his parents. Anyway, some folks, some folks even become poets just to hide the pain, the hurt. Place the words upon the heart. When it breaks, they will fall in. Today, I think the thing to do is to ask for help. I have here a young actor who's going to do a, he's doing a play. It's running right now at the Marsh. And I thought I would ask him uh, if he knows anything about this, this love thing, this thing about relationships. His show is called What They Said About Love. Yes, What They Said About Love. This is a one-man show. This is uh, uh, an actor by the name of Steve Budd, B-U-D-D, Steve Budd. What they said about love is at the Marsh in Berkeley. That's 2120 Alston Way. Um, I have a number here for tickets. Uh, I'll give that out once and then try to do it at the end of the uh, half hour so that you can write it down. The phone is 415-282-3055 between 1 and 4, Monday through Friday. Now, this show is running through March the 3rd. It's Friday and Saturday nights, 8 o'clock on Fridays, 8.30 Saturdays. Uh, once again, this is a solo show. Uh, <laughs> Steve tells me that he thinks this is the first time He's done radio. He is a virgin here today. So I want to hold his hand while he, while he tells you what his show is about and uh, perhaps some of his uh, motives in creating this. I love these autobiographical monologues and uh, some of them, some of them uh, seem to me better than the old three-act play. Never mind. I've had enough time to talk talk, talk. The director of Steve's show is Mark Kenward, K-E-N-W-A-R-D, and uh, there's a whole list of, uh, what is that, awards and prizes and good things here. If I have time later, I can tell you. Let's see. Steve was awarded Best of Fringe at the 2016 San Francisco Fringe Festival. Uh, Steve is an actor, a writer, a storyteller, a stand-up comic. Yes, the only place we can really have free speech. Uh, he lives in Oakland, and he has a long list of uh, appearances with the local theater companies. Uh, I have a friend whose daughter will be uh, 
at the show this Saturday night. Uh, her name is uh, Lisa Smart. My friend is her mother. That's uh, Susan, Susan Felix. Now, Lisa Smart is going to read love poems uh, by her father, Morton Felix. Yes. And there's a lot of good stuff here. A lot of good stuff here. Uh, now, uh, Mom, that is Susan Felix, tells me that there will be, that the reading will only be about 10 minutes long. But uh, I would like to, maybe one of these days I can get Susan on to talk about her uh, husband's love poems. She said it was a 55-year marriage. And... Uh, <laughs> It was all a love story. That that's hard for me to believe, but I I like I like the thought. Uh, okay, bud, what is this show about? And will you read us an excerpt when you have a minute? Hi, Jennifer. Great to be here. I'm glad I found an experienced woman to lose my radio virginity with. <laughs> <clears throat> I appreciate it. Thank you. Be oh, gentle. Older okay? women. Older women. <laughs> older women. Yeah, we know the ropes, kid. <laughs> That's right. I just want to point out the shows, uh, let people know that the play is at the Marsh in Berkeley, because there is a marsh in San Francisco. And also, to get tickets, a lot of people love to use websites these days, Jennifer. I'm going to let you know that as a young man. And uh, the Marsh dot org www how many w's are there in there tell three. me three three right the marsh dot org so that's the best place to go for tickets now through march 3rd friday and saturday nights to see what they said about love you want to hear an excerpt you don't want me to tell you the whole story about how i created the piece and where it came from sure and, well what did they say about love you know everyone asks me that and i usually say <laughs> all kinds of things i want people to come and see the show but i can give you a snippet of from the opening of the show one of not the exact opening but close uh in the show i play five couples that i and this is all based on interviews by the way i interviewed 35 couples as, wow yeah and then I picked the five best. I kind of went overboard there. But then I picked the five best. It's like Anna Devere Smith. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what. That's who inspired me to do this. <laughs> I wanted to create a solo show where I played other characters. So uh, have some water. And so, uh, yeah, so uh, I interviewed 35 couples and I picked the best five and put them into the show. And I uh, used their words. And you get to get this kind of bird's eye view into how people meet, what brings them together, what helps them stay together, and how love works, which I think is something we're all super crazy and the curious process, about. Yes. What's that? <laughs> the process. Yes. The process. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one couple, I'll just jump in. How about that? Do it. Do it. Steve, you're not going to put this interview on the radio or anything like that, are you? <laughs> no? Okay, good. I didn't think so, but I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gabby. Yo, I'm Matt. I hope you get what you're looking for from talking to us, bro. Do you want to know how we met? We met on uh, Craigslist. You know, I posted an ad, and the basic gist of it was, I really don't think I'm going to find my life partner on Craigslist, but I'd love to find someone to date and have fun with, basically. It was very honest and a little bit sexual and, like, so funny. It totally made me laugh out loud. So we met, and he was so unlike who I thought my Bashert was, like, totally not my type. 
I obviously thought he was cute, but I was really struck <laughs> by the fact that, like, I'd always pictured myself with some New York or New Jersey Jewish, like, what, writer or something like that. Yeah. Intellectual type, like, kind of someone a lot like me, which I guess was kind of silly, but I kind of had on my list, like, they had to subscribe to the New Yorker. And they had to be really well-traveled, which is me, you know. I had this whole list in my head of things. New Jersey. I just knew he was going to be from New Jersey. I've always had crushes on guys from New Jersey. And she gets Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what do I know from Baltimore? I'd been there once. I don't have any relationship with Baltimore. It just didn't fit my view. <laughs> So that's uh, the opening couple that we meet of the five couples you get to see and what they said about love at this the Marsh in Berkeley. fantastic. Yeah, they have to pass the New Yorker test. <laughs> there's a lot of humor in it, as uh, you could see. And there's also insights and feeling. And woven through is my own love story. I tell the story of a particular love interest, uh, a woman I fell in love with, and what happened with all that. So that gets woven through the uh, scenes of interviews with these other couples. Well, let's see. What was I going to ask you first of all? Did I mention that uh, people can get tickets at www.themarsh.org? You, you did, yeah. Okay, uh, good. For some reason or another, I'm thinking of Wally Shawn. Uh, oh, yeah? Why? Yeah, well, of course he was... My uh, dinner with Andre? And the New Yorker. But, no, I was just thinking, uh, what? what is it? What? Uh, love, 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 love. The last time, the last time I thought, I thought we had some... Uh, insight, you know, into relationships. The playwrights that I, what is it, the playwrights that I had faith in or believed in were people like Tennessee Williams. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've taken this terrible dive and I see everywhere male playwrights writing about the most incredible misogyny. And I thought, my God, they're telling, they're telling on themselves, you know, David Mamet and the rest. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, okay, they're going to admit that they have all this darkness and uh, that possibly they're very ambiguous when it comes to women, you know. Mm -hmm. Then I thought, what is a woman supposed to do with this? What does a woman writer do with this? And I went back to Virginia Woolf's notion about how we must try so hard to be, uh, what do you call it, man-womanly and woman-manly. That is... If we have a biological, um, uh, well, what is it? Uh, if we're born a boy or a girl, mm -hmm. you know, uh, nothing really happens until we're adolescents. Then we become men and women. At that point, things get very confused. And Virginia Woolf seemed to feel that things might be better if men could cultivate, let's call it the feminine principle in themselves mm -hmm. and women the masculine principle but then of course the you know what hits the fan uh, I remember Henry Miller once saying that Anais Nin told him he should search inside himself for the woman within then he panicked and he said oh but he wasn't, wasn't queer he wasn't a homosexual you know and I thought okay that's it that's it the fear the fear of woman God knows women have a fear of women. Uh, <laughs> the other day I was thinking, I lost a dear friend at Christmas. She's an actor. I, I've known her since uh, 1967. Uh, she was a stage manager over at um, Berkeley Rep when we were very young and uh, 50 years. My God, I knew her for 50 years. We were in uh, 
several plays together. She lived at my house for a while. Anyway, long, long story short, after she died suddenly, unexpectedly, I thought of all the times over all those years when I should have given her a big hug or even a kiss and refrained from so doing because I am a woman of well, I was born in 1933, hmm. and it's not, I hope to God, it's not homophobia, but the, what is it? Certain etiquette. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, trying to express your emotions, I think, is so strange because, of course, uh, of course, uh, one is always afraid, you know, especially if there are men present. I remember once somebody told me my books were in the gay section of San Francisco Library. I said, oh, dear, you know, that's fine. I don't care. But, you know, uh, if I should happen to find uh, love um, with a woman, I said, I will be the first to let you know and alert the media. But you know, <laughs> so far, I haven't been able to pull that one off. So, okay. you know, so that one that just didn't work out. But the opposite thing is that I think is the fear women have I remember being told several times that I was much too friendly, say, with the husband of old friends or something, you know. One was a bartender down at the Blind Lemon, and I remember being scolded because uh, it was one of my hangouts, and this was one of my uh, sounding boards. He got me through my first acid trip, and it was a dear man, and I was told that I was uh, out of line and that it was... Uh, bad form, you know. Uh, so women are afraid to be too friendly, let's say, you know. Uh, I used to think, you know, if there were no rape or anything like that, just think what women could do and say and be and, you know, you could run around without, you know, your shirt on. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> the way things are, we are a very, very prudish culture. Now, I don't know how people get together. It's amazing to me how well they do. And the young people today do seem to be doing better than before. But it's what amazing. do you think? What do you think would help? Or what do you think is happening? What do I think is happening out there? Mm-hmm. I mean, what I found from my interviews, people meet in all kinds of ways, online and all kinds of, you know, and uh, a lot of cases. I have mm-hmm. a couple that met at a Halloween party, a couple who met in a motorcycle shop when the woman came in for spark plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, couples, it, it can happen in all kinds of ways. People who, uh, you find somebody on the internet just randomly through a random search, and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, I knew that person 30 years ago, and you look them up, and next thing you know, you're connected. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, think of the, the age of the love letter, which was my, I just love that. I've got drawers full. You know, I just think that's wonderful. But is that happening with the new, with the new technology, you know? Love letters? Love letters. I guess they're a lot shorter these days. Uh, it's the, definitely shorter. And the, besides, yeah. you can't, you know, you can't save them till the page is yellow. And, you know. which, <laughs> little, little. That is true. I know I have some love poems that my parents wrote to each other, which oh. I, I cherish. Really fun. There's one that my dad wrote to my mom this is back in the uh, late 50s. He, his, his family owned a, a bowling alley and uh, he wrote her a love poem on one of the scorecards, a big piece of paper that's used mm-hmm. for keeping score in a bowling. In bowling. And mm-hmm. uh, I think he wrote something but about, uh, boy, these lines are great. You know, being funny. Kind of making a pun. Okay, Dad. Yeah. All right, maybe that wasn't the best joke to share. But <laughs> it gives you an idea. My parents actually make cameo appearances in my show, What They Said About Love. Tickets are available at themarsh.org. It's at the Marsh in Berkeley. And uh, it's running through March 3rd. 
And uh, thank you for yeah, thank you yeah. for. It. Let me say again that uh, Steve's show is at the Marsh in Berkeley, 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 not SF. The one on Alston Way, twenty one twenty. Right, Fridays and Saturdays, eight Fridays, eight thirty Saturdays, and I just think, what is it? I just think um, there needs to be what do you call that? Uh, not a reevaluation, hmm. but um, I, I just. You know, I, I just think that uh, I used to think if we could just change the education of the young men, you know, then they wouldn't grow up to be jerks. I think it I think it is really true that a lot of young men really don't know when they're being unkind. I think say. they need to see my show. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, now I have a uh, poem I'd love to share. Yes, just share. Get, give me a, give me the poem. Just give, me give the you a slight you bit of background on it. Um, yeah. it's written. It, I'll tell you fellas, if you'll just listen to the woman, you know, half the night you're in, okay? Just let oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm it's go, taking me a go, long time Steve. to learn that, Jen. But yeah, um this is a poem written by Morton Felix and uh Susan's husband, our mutual friend Susan Felix. This was uh-huh. the last poem he wrote before he passed away in 2012. Oh, thank you. And this is the first couple I interviewed for this project, interestingly enough. Coincidentally, I interviewed Morton and, and Susan, the first couple, although they didn't make it into the show. And sadly, uh, Morton passed away like two months later. So I was happy that I got them. Here's the poem. It's called Bridges to Susan. Touching is knowing. When our fingers interlock at night, easing the commotion of sleeplessness, we both feel. When the touch of my fingers upon your cheeks soothes an amorphous distress... I am soothed by your receiving me. And when we talk, looking for a spice of gossip or humor, we make another bridge. And when you tuck my shirt in and I scowl, we give birth to another channel of being. Wife, mother, father, child. Still vocabularies of thanks. The explosions to renew boundaries. Your head in the cradle of my faltering arms. The tear, the teardrops for time's passage. The mourning, the gratitude. We give birth to each other in our touching. The revolution of touch, boys and girls. Zing a resurrection. That's what, that's what it's all about. Mm. 